Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Revelation chapter 2, and I'll begin reading with verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. So this is Jesus on the Isle of Patmos appearing to John and he's giving him direct instructions about the end time. I know your works, your service, your faith, your patience. He's complimenting. He's highlighting the good things they're doing. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Verse 20, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, and if you're a woman, relax, it's not that kind of sermon. (laughs) This is not just talking about the character in the Old Testament by the name of Jezebel, Ahab's wife. This is a spirit. This is a spirit. This is 1,800 years after this woman has passed away, and yet Jesus is predicting that the predominant spirit that will come against the church will be a spirit. It's neuter gendered. I've seen men operate under the spirit of Jezebel just as much as women. It's not a, it's not a male or female thing. I'll explain that in just a moment. That woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality, to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. The the King James in original text says fornication. And she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Thank God for that. He said, I'll give a space uh, uh, to repent. I call it a space of grace. Just because you keep doing something that you know is not right and you keep getting by with it doesn't mean that God's okay with it. You've got a space of grace. Verse 23, this is unbelievable. I will kill her children with death. Who? The, The spirit of Jezebel wants to have children in every new generation, but I will kill her children with death, and the churches shall know that I am he, listen now, this is so important, who searches the minds, everybody say the minds, and the hearts. I am he who's searching the minds and the hearts, and I will give every one of you according to your works. I'm preaching this morning a very different topic but I promise it relates to your life and it's going to hit you before you leave here right where you need to hear it. This is not bad news. This is good news. But I need to do just some solid teaching for the next few moments. I'm preaching on Jezebel's children because what caught my attention was that verse that said, I'll kill her children. And I just thought that was amazing that Jezebel, a spirit that Jesus is addressing, will try to have children and reproduce itself over and over and over until it completely controls the minds and the hearts of the end time generation. 
There are seven churches in the book of Revelation, the first three chapters, seven church ages, are seven characteristics. And in each one of those churches, just like this church is different from Saddleback, and Saddleback is different from Mariner's Church, and they all are churches that Jesus is in and walking and moving among, and he compliments some things in every one of those churches. He praises something in every one of those churches, and then he confronts and combats some bad things that are in every one of those churches, in the seven churches. And so when we come to the, to the uh, church of Thyatira, he lists some good things that they were doing, and then he says, but I have something against you because you're allowing the Jezebel spirit, it's a spirit of Jezebel in reference to a woman who lived 1,800 years ago in 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings 19. Jesus appears on the island, and he says, the same spirit that was on that woman and caused her to do what she did is operating big in this end time church. It's the predominant spirit that's coming to wipe out a generation. And Jesus warns. And he says, even though she's been dead 1,800 years, her spirit is very much alive in a new generation and she has children. Children meaning they're small. They start small. They start little. They start in embryonic stage and they want to control. Did you catch it in my text? I, I need you to see that one more time. Guys, throw up verse 23 of Revelation uh, where he said, I will kill her children. And then he goes on and says, and, and it has to do, I search the mind and the heart. So what, what I'm saying is this. It starts out as small thing, an embryonic stage, the mind. And if you feed it, if you shelter it, if you keep taking in the uncleanness, if you keep taking in what the spirit of Jezebel is broadcasting and sending the signal out and you take it in, it grows just like a child. If you feed it, if you shelter it, if you nurture it, it grows. It gets bigger and bigger until it controls the mind, it controls the heart, and it turns you away from God. But it starts as a small thing. Don't allow them to dominate your mind and your heart. Jesus was warning the end time church that the enemy would try to oppress the minds. And if he can oppress the minds and control the thinking, then he can turn the heart away from God. Jezebel's children will be the spirit that will attack families, marriages, men, women, young people, children. A spirit that has certain characteristics that this woman in 1 Kings 18 and 19 that lived 1,800 years ago, Jesus said, the same characteristics that you see in her is what will begin to manifest and broadcast signals that will begin to dominate people's lives. What were they? Well, first of all, we know that Jezebel in the Old Testament, the wife of King Ahab, the king of Israel, she began to manipulate him. She began to use him and use her influence over him to completely turn his heart away from God. We preach a lot about Ahab, but Ahab at one time totally loved God, but she began to broadcast a signal and influence over him. And one of the things that the spirit of Jezebel is about strongly is manipulation. There's a difference between manipulation and motivation. Motivation is for our good. 
but manipulation is for my good. Jezebel tried to manipulate leadership for her good, and she was very, very successful at it. Secondly, we see that the spirit of Jezebel manifests itself according to the book of Revelation, and we see it in the Old Testament. Jezebel was exceedingly sexually immoral. Listen to me carefully. She was a married woman with an unmarried spirit. And there's a lot of people today who are being affected by the spirit of Jezebel and they don't even know it. They're married, but they have an unmarried spirit. They, they have a non-commitment, a non-covenant um, spirit concerning their walk with God. They come to church. They say, I'm part of the church. I'm married, but I have an unmarried spirit. I'm really not going to get involved in anything. It's not going to really alter my life. And many people treat the Lord that way. And so she was a married woman with an unmarried spirit, meaning she was a seducer. She was sexually immoral. She was unfaithful. She had the attitude, I don't have to keep my marriage vows. I don't have to be faithful. And, 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 and Jesus said, I gave her a space to repent of her fornication. The word fornication comes from the Greek word pornea, from which we get the word pornography. Now, this is astounding. I want you to listen to me carefully. Jesus Christ himself appeared to John and he said, I'm going to tell you the dominant spirit that's coming after the minds and the hearts of the end time generation. I'm going to be so specific that I'm going to name it. Number one, it's Jezebel, but the way Jezebel will reach the minds and hearts of a generation is through pornography. This was before technology. This was before internet. This was before online. This was before all the things that we're seeing now that are coming like a sewer. The Bible talks about in Revelation chapter 13 that the serpent in the end times will open his mouth and there will spew forth a flood a flood of filth, a flood of illicit uh, uh, filth and, and lyrics and, and pictures and whatever, and it will be a flood of filth. The serpent, I believe we're living in that hour when never before, I'm 57 years old, and things when I was a kid growing up were kept, you know, you had to really work hard to sin. You really had to come up with some plans and know somebody and have some shady friends. Nowadays, it's everywhere, everything, anything, everything, right at the click. I gave her a space to repent of her fornication, pornania, pornography, but she would not. Jesus said, I'm going to name it. And it's, notice, it's so, the word of God is so amazing that it's, he said, this spirit's number one goal is to get the reins of the mind and the heart and turn it away from God. The Jezebel spirit, interestingly, runs concurrent with the spirit of Elijah. Because when Jezebel was doing her thing, Elijah comes along, the great prophet Elijah. And there is a prophecy in Malachi that said in the end time, just as the spirit of Jezebel is reborn and has children and that thing begins to take over a whole culture and society, at the same time the spirit of Jezebel is coming on the world and the society and the culture, 
the spirit of Elijah is going to come on the church. The spirit of Elijah that called down fire from heaven. And ours may not be physical fire, but we're going to call down the fire of the Holy Spirit in these days. What was, what was Elijah like? He was a man of passion, the Bible said. He was a man of prayer. His prayers could change nature. His prayers could cause the rain to come. His prayers could cause poison stew to be edible. He had power in his prayer. And the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit that hates prayer. The Bible said in 1 Kings 18 that one of the things she did was she tore down the altars in the temple and did not want prayer anymore, forbid the prophets to pray. And when they didn't obey her, she killed them all except for a hundred. And when she couldn't find the hundred that were hiding in a cave, the Bible said she slew their children and their wives. Jezebel's a spirit that says, if I can't get the prophet, I won't stop there. I'm going to put a target on his children. I'm going to put a target on his wife. I hate the man of God. I hate the anointing of God. And that's why we better pray for our leaders. That's why we better not play church, but we better realize our number one weapon against the spirit of Jezebel is intercessors, people who pray, a church that prays. And, and it's not natural things that are tearing your altar down. And I, look, I'm not here to pray preach bad news. This is good news, but sometimes you don't just need to be blessed. You need to be blistered. And every once in a while, you need your toes to bleed when you leave church. And if you're not praying, I got news for you. There's a dominant spirit that's broadcasting signals, lust, manipulation. You got to pray. Jezebel tore down the altars just like a radio tower puts out signals invisible that you can't see, Jesus said the predominant signal that will be broadcasting will be the spirit of Jezebel. And here's what I want you to get now. And this is where I've been trying to hurry up and get to because this is where it affects you. When Jezebel heard what Elijah had done because he called down fire he then slew 450 prophets of Baal. He brought revival to Israel and she was enraged. Listen to this. Now let's just go to the text, 1 Kings 19 and verse 2. She sends a letter to the prophet. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more so if I do... Listen, listen to her talking to the guy who just performed the miracle on Mount Carmel and slew the prophets of Baal. May God do, do to me if I do not make your life as the life of them that, that you have slain by tomorrow about this time. 24 hours. In other words, she put out, here this guy is, he's just had the greatest victory of his life. Notice what the signal is broadcasting. Fear. Fear. The spirit of Jezebel is putting fear out. I'm not talking about natural fear. I'm not talking about normal fear. I'm talking about an unusual spirit of fear that Timothy talks about. He's not giving you the spirit of fear. 
It's a fear of terror, a fear of bad things, a fear of panic, a, a panic, a, a fear of, 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 of I'm going to be, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and anxiety and fear, tormenting fear. Tormenting fear is being, is being sent out, signaled like a broadcast going out. And anytime Jezebel wants to do something, notice one of her, she has four of these weapons. The number one that she uses on Elijah is fear. A guy who just stood and caught, laughed at them, made fun when they made their altars, the prophets of Baal. He said, did your God go have to, did he have to go use the bathroom? Why is he not sending fire? He was making fun, having a good time. Now the same guy cripples under a spirit of fear. This is not normal fear. This is terror. This is, this is panic. The next verse says that he ran away to the wilderness quickly. The next verse says that he ran away. Verse three, quickly guys, come on. And he saw and he arose and ran for his life. Next verse. And when he ran from his life, he said, he went to the wilderness, sat under a tree and prayed, listen to this, that he might die and said, it is enough. Now take my life for I am no better than my father's. Look up here. Here's what the spirit of Jezebel is sending out signals and broadcasting to this generation. Number one, fear. Number two, great discouragement. I feel like quitting. What's the use? Oh, I just give up. Do you see, Elijah? Do you see what's happened? What, what has changed from one chapter, victory in chapter 18, to the first three verses of a new chapter, he's encountering the spirit of Jezebel and she brings fear and she brings discouragement. Thirdly, she brings depression. Such severe depression that you sit alone under a tree and pray that God will take your life. Just let me die. Boy, I wrestled for somebody over this sermon because somebody has been sitting in the darkness of your life alone and Jezebel has been signaling fear, panic, discouragement. What's the use? Nothing's going to change. Depression. Just take your life. Just end it. Just let me die. Who cares? And others, if he can't get you with those three emotional holes in your soul, then he comes with lust. And when the enemy brings lust... It's, it, sin is good for a season, but with lust comes fear, comes discouragement, and comes depression. So when you invite the lust in, you bring the fear, you bring the discouragement, and you bring the depression. It's coming whether you want it to or not if you're letting the other in. And those four things, lust, fear, discouragement, depression... How does he do it? He wants to control the mind and the heart and turn it away from God. And I am talking to people right now under the sound of my voice and it's as though the Holy Spirit has put his finger on your heart. And he's saying to you, you're not fighting. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not just a hard time because you've been through a lot or something has happened. You got laid off or whatever happened. And now sometimes you are actually picking up the signals of the end time spirit. The predominant spirit of Jezebel is lust, 
discouragement, depression, and fear. There are people in this room. Let Let me show you something astonishing to me. To show you how Jezebel reproduces children in new generations, you have to go to the New Testament. Come out about 16, actually about 1800 years forward from the Old Testament. And in Luke 1, 17, the Bible said John the Baptist came, watch this, in the spirit and power of Elijah. He's the forerunner of Jesus Christ, but the anointing, the spirit of Elijah. Why? Because he was about to confront a Jezebel spirit, even though she is dead 1,800 years ago. Her spirit was very much alive. And watch what this spirit of Elijah does. It confronts, it calls, calls, tells Herod, it's not right for you to be married to your brother's wife. You killed your brother and, and took his wife, and now you're in adultery, and it's not right. And his wife... Herod's wife got mad. Watch the spirit of Jezebel, manipulation. And she turns to him, and I can't prove it, but she probably said, you're not coming in the bedroom again until he's in a jail cell for what he embarrassed us today in public. And so, y'all with me? So Herod has him arrested and puts him in the dungeon. Watch the spirit now. John's in prison Jezebel sending signals of fear, discouragement. John gets so discouraged in prison that he sends one of, the, one of his disciples to Jesus who's out performing miracles. And he says, does he know that his cousin, me, for, you know, John, I'm his cousin. Does he know that I'm in prison? And Jesus said, you tell him the blind see and the lame walk and the dead are raised and I'll catch him later. Watch signals, depression, discouragement, fear. Watch lust go to work now. Stay with me. Watch this. The Bible said in the book of Mark chapter 6 that it was Herod's birthday. John's locked up in prison and his wife decides to throw a wild party. The wine is flowing like a river. And for the last thing of entertainment, this wicked woman who has the spirit of the enemy on her turns to her daughter and says, go dance, a lewd, sensual dance. Your Bible said in Mark 6, she goes out and she starts dancing and the daughter danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him. I don't know what move she was doing. I don't know what in the world, how it had to be, it had to be vulgar, it had to be unbelievably sensual because when it was over, Herod said, give her half the kingdom. If you read the next verse, he said, what do you want from me? I'll give it to you up to half the kingdom. Watch the spirit. She says, let me go ask my mother. And she goes in a back room and says, should I ask for a Mercedes-Benz chariot? What, what, what should, I, should I ask for a palace on the, on the beach? What, what, I, I mean, half the kingdom, there's no price tag here. We can have anything we want, mother. And watch the spirit of Jezebel possess her. And she says, I don't want any of that. I want that prophet's head on a platter. And the children, and they got it, the children overcame the prophetic but that spirit had children 
in a new generation. The thing that's interesting is Ahab loved to hear Elijah preach. And your Bible said that Herod loved to hear John preach. Because when they said, we want his head on a platter to Herod, the Bible said he was exceedingly sorrowful. For he loved John and he loved to hear him preach. And he wanted, and he, he was exceedingly sorrowful. The spirit of Jezebel will come on people in the end time church and they will enjoy good preaching, but they have made up their mind, I'm not going to change. And the way that you know the spirit of Jezebel is working is you can hear a preacher preach plain and be pricked in your heart and feel conviction and enjoy a spark of life. I really believe that when Herod was feeling low after the party and the, and the things were wearing off and he was empty and he had it all but he had nothing, he would go down and sit in that prison and say, John, tell me a Bible story. Tell me, preach to me. And he'd feel a spark of life. Your Bible says that Elijah preached to Herod and he repented to him. But he would go back and get under that broadcast signal of Jezebel. Mind, heart turned away from God. I enjoy good preaching, but I'm not going to change. That's a dangerous, dangerous thing. This spirit brings lust, fear, discouragement, depression. We're seeing suicides, opioids, depression, even, even movie producers, script writers are being manipulated by powerful spirits. They have no idea. They are not aware of the unseen things that are going on. But all you got to do is open your eyes tonight. I'm going to show you something in scripture that that so speaks to what we've just seen as a nation happen in El Paso and all these things. It's right in the Bible. It's going to kill. It's going to steal. It's going to destroy. Well, what's the answer? Do we just not have internet? No, no, no. I'm not preaching against technology. I'm preaching this. Sometimes you have to have, you have, to have access without entry. Why did God put... Both trees, the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Why didn't he take the, the knowledge of evil tree and put it behind a barbed wire fence? That way they couldn't have got to it. Because sometimes God wants there to be a choice that is made by you. That I have access but not entry. In other words, sometimes the only thing that you have is your personal convictions and your personal conscience that says my mind and my heart does not need to be looking or mind, my, having my mind set on this. I need it to be set on the Lord. And it's a choice. And it's accountability. And it's being pure and real, and honest, and saying, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my mind. My heart is being turned away. I see the enemy trying with all that he has through lust, through fear, through discouragement, through depression. And when you feel that, be honest. And kill it while it's a baby. Because if you feed it and you shelter it, and you nurture it, it grows and it grows and it grows and it has a grip on your mind and your heart. 
and it destroys. Secrecy breeds sin. Don't ever forget that. If you don't get nothing else out of this sermon, that might save your life. Secrecy breeds sin. When you're secretly doing things that you know are evil and wrong, it breeds sin. So what do we do? I've got three minutes. Can I preach three more minutes? So what do we do? If Jezebel hates authority, we are to reinforce authority. We are to teach our children to, as they go back to school, you show respect to your teachers. You say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. You show respect to your coaches. You show respect to police officers. You show respect to people in authority. You show respect to elders and parents. Even if you don't agree with them, you reinforce authority. If you're going to get over what God has said under you, you got to get under what God puts over you. And all of us are to submit to authority. And if you can't honor the person, honor the office. Because God said, it's like you're doing it to me. So here's how the story ends with Jezebel. In 2 Kings chapter 9, there is a man, Elijah goes up in a fiery chariot. Elisha comes along and he does double the miracles. And then he's ready to pass the baton and he goes to a guy by the name of Jehu. And he pours a box of oil on him. And he says, the Lord said, go to the city and confront Jezebel. Now, I want you to see this. He goes to the city, and the Bible said Jezebel was up in her palace, and she stepped out on the balcony, and she was painting her face and braiding her hair. And up rides this preacher on a horse. He's dripping with the anointing. He's a young voice. He's a new generation. Praise God, there's going to be a new generation. If, if, there's, if there's a heavy attack of the spirit of Jezebel, there's going to be a new generation that's going to come under the anointing of the spirit of Elijah. And he rides right up, and he sees her up there. And she starts broadcasting. I'm sure she looked at him. She might have had one of those biblical dresses, lo and behold. She probably bent over and tried to... Let's see if the signal of lust can get this preacher boy. But he's sanctified. He's set apart. He's called and consecrated. He says, I'm not receiving that. My mind, my heart belongs to Jesus. So she probably calls for her army to surround him. Fear tries to come. But he's freshly anointed. And the anointing, Isaiah 10, breaks, said, Isaiah 10 said, the anointing breaks the yoke. <laughs> All you got to do to get free from any of this is get under an anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. Right here, right now, I feel the anointing. Well, that sounds like a mighty, powerful spirit, preacher. Nah. You ought to see what's in you and in me. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than any Jezebel spirit can anything it can produce. 
She tries to send out the signal on the broadcast of lust. It doesn't work. She sends, and by the way, it's not like you ever reach a place in your walk that you are not tempted and that you're not normal. I can't stand fakie Christians. Yes, I've been sanctified, and I never ever think about any. You are a liar. That's what you are. You need to, you might have gotten free from something else. Now you picked up a lying spirit. It's stupid to pray not to be tempted. What a dumb prayer. He didn't say don't pray that you're tempted. That's not a biblical prayer. Jesus said pray that you enter not into temptation. Many times when I pray, I pray the prayer of Jabez, uh, uh, you know, um, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be on me. But the biggest part, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. I store up prayers that when, when, a, when an hour of temptation, or the thing about temptation is it comes in seasons. And there's the hour of testing when right before something big, the enemy senses and he will send temptation. But if you store up prayer, remember the spirit of Elijah is a spirit of prayer. And if you store up prayer, there'll be a strength that'll come to you. And the mind and the heart will not be turned away. It will stay after God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against thee. Now watch this. Surrounding Jezebel were three eunuchs. A eunuch was men, servants who had been castrated by the king so he could feel confident they wouldn't flirt with his bride. I don't know any other way to say it. That is exactly what they were. Notice that surrounding the spirit of Jezebel, listen carefully, surrounding the spirit of Jezebel is a non-productive spirit. The stuff that you used to could do and you could produce, if you start hanging out with that spirit of porn, that spirit of lust, that spirit of fear, discouragement, and depression, suddenly the productivity, the reproducing of success, the things that you used to do, it dries it up. There's a non-productive anti-revival spirit all around her because anybody who gets close to her loses revival and loses the ability to be productive. It's a matter of time. He gives you a space to repent. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Jehu looked up with a fresh anointing and she was sending her greatest signals but it could not pierce the anointing that was on him. And he said, is there anybody up there on the Lord's side? And all of a sudden, those three eunuchs said, I've about had enough of this. And he said, watch this, throw her out the window, throw her down. And they threw her down and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses. Watch. And he trampled her under foot. I'm saying to the spirit of lust, the spirit of fear, the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of depression and suicide and quitting and giving up and bondage and addiction and secrecy and shame. 
We are going to trample you by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit under our feet in Jesus' mighty name. Clap your hands and give God praise. Her rule ended that day when she encountered a fresh anointing. Stand to your feet all over this room. Boy, I really, 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 really feel strongly that those four things, lust, fear, discouragement, depression, they're absolutely the signals being broadcast to a generation. And the question is, will you allow God today to not just hear a sermon and leave unchanged, but get honest. All God has ever asked of you is honesty. Honesty. Secrecy breeds sin. Honesty. I need help. I, I, I'm struggling. I don't want this in my life. I, I, I'm down. I don't know. I can't get up. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm fearful. I'm panicky. I, I, I don't know. I feel like my life is falling apart. That's not a spirit the Holy Spirit is broadcasting. He has hope. He has joy. He has faith and love. Patience, kindness, goodness. All of it is available today. And the Lord said, I want my people to trample the blood of the enemy under their feet today. Throw her off the wall. I want you to receive the spirit of Elijah today that gets a passion for God. This is going to be a little bit different. But I want every person under the sound of my voice who would be honest, open, real and say fear, discouragement, depression, lust. I've been battling some areas, one of those or all of those and I really need God to touch me today. I really, really need God's help in my home some of you are going to come for your children. Some of you are going to come for your grandchildren. You've noticed a child or a grandchild that's just the enemy has targeted them with the very things I'm preaching and you know it and you sense it. This is an hour when God is going to call many of you to receive an anointing that will absolutely confront that spirit and run it out, throw it out the window of your house. Oh, I don't know about all that stuff. Then you don't believe there's power in the blood and in the name of Jesus. There is. Boy, I don't want to be somebody who hears good preaching and walks out unchanged. So how do you do it? The Bible said, submit yourself to the mighty hand of God. Listen to that. Submit. Everybody say submit. James chapter 4. Submit to God resist the devil two things submit and then resist submit to God resist the devil watch this he will flee from you 
So you come and you submit. God, I'm helpless. God, I can't beat it on my own. God, I'm just discouraged. God, I'm so afraid. God, I'm so depressed. It feels like my life is off track. Nothing's right. I'm so alone. I don't know what to do. I'm depressed. I don't know. I, I just let it all. I messed up. God, that's submitting. Once you submit, then just say, Satan, somewhere in this order, say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I resist your depression, your discouragement, your fear, your bondage. I resist it. And your Bible said, once you submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from your house. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 